You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, so we're going to talk about Jesus, the treasure of Christmas. I have to admit as a pastor that sometimes when you come to Christmas season, if you're going to do messages about Christmas, like all of December, sometimes it can be like, I probably already said that before. These people probably already know that. How do you, how do you not state the obvious? What do you do to get through the Christmas season and make it meaningful? But then it seems like the Lord always gives me some angle or something worthwhile to say. And this year, we even have a little extra help with the Christmas code booklets that are available on the back table and on the bench. And when we're done here, make sure they don't get locked up in the cart, you people who are helping put stuff away, so that I can take them with me and give them to others. Because the Advent readings that are in here start on December 1st and go through December 25th. So by uh, being able to share these with other people, uh, it is helpful. Otherwise, uh, they have a shelf life. Otherwise, they sit there till next, next year. But if you're not a reader, you can also get the Christmas code on Audible and you can listen to it. So the thing I like most about the Christmas Code, besides it's a helpful book, is that all of the proceeds go to support uh, missionaries and pastors who are retired missionaries and pastors who are impoverished. So the ones that served in small churches and never had a retirement fund, or they lived in the church parsonage all the time they served, and then uh, when they were done serving, they no longer had a place to live. So it's a fund that goes to support them. So... So give these out, go through it, read it. It's worthwhile. I'll refer to it today, the Christmas Code booklet. All right, Jesus, the treasure of Christmas. Jesus truly is a treasure. Now, why, do you, why would you want treasure? I mean, when you think about treasure, think about the things that you would treasure most. So a really big diamond, I mean, that would be a treasure. If you had a really, if you're a woman and you have a really big diamond on your finger, that means you either married a rich guy or you waited a long time for him to marry you while he came up for the money for the ring and it shows that you are well to do it shows that you're loved never judge a woman by the size of her diamond isn't that right honey never judge yeah we got married very young and i had no money to buy a ring and i think i offered to like get her something bigger but but she likes the one she's attached to the one that she has so that's good but treasure so why would you want a truckload full of gold? I mean, it's kind of pretty. I mean, you got the gold brick, and that's kind of cool. But the reason that you would want a truckload full of gold is because it's a resource you can cash in for your future. It's a resource that helps to make you feel secure, that says, I can afford this stuff because I've got a truckload full of gold, and when I run out of money, I'll just cash in another brick. And so... You want that kind of treasure because it helps you to feel secure in life. It gives you privileges. It helps you to do things. If you're uh, godly and generous, you might see it as a resource that you can help to invest in the lives of others, not just hoard it for yourself. But the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says treasure equals wealth, such as money, jewels, or precious metals, stored up or hoarded, buried treasure, wealth of any kind or in any form, riches, a store of money in reserve, something of great worth or value. Also, a person esteemed as rare or precious, a collection of precious things. Jesus is a treasure in all of those things. Jesus 
says that if we walk in His will, if we abide in Him, that when we ask, He will provide what we need. When we have a need, we, we ask Him to provide it, and if it's according to His will, He will answer and He will provide. Uh, if we seek His kingdom and His righteousness, everything we need will be provided to us. So there is wealth in Jesus. Now, it's not a guarantee that when you give to the Lord, He's always going to give you back tenfold. If you give a dollar, God's going to give you ten. That's not even a reason to give. The reason to give is an act of worship. It's an act of faith, showing God that you care and that you love Him and you trust Him with financial resources. So you give back through the church and God can bless you and reward you for that. We're supposed to store up our treasure in heaven. So Jesus is wealth. Jesus is security. Jesus is eternal life. How many people would pay money to live longer? I mean, you go to the doctor now because you're uncomfortable or maybe you're like, Going to the doctor to get some stuff to help you like live longer and live better and live healthier. And so Jesus is long life. Jesus is eternal life. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the treasure of Christmas. So easy. It's so easy to see Jesus as just this baby in a manger and leave him there. Uh, that thing, that video that we just watched, we've been watching that for like a decade on and off. So I think that some of you uh, that have kids that if you came here when you were a kid, you watched that video. And so it's like a tradition. And so like traditions, like showing that video, Christmas is a tradition worth celebrating. I mean, we have all sorts of holidays. Uh, we remember the 4th of July and our country's independence, and we celebrate birthdays and all these things, celebrating the day you were born, and that's all exciting. We are celebrating not just the day Jesus was born, but the fact that God became a man lived among us, died for our sin, rose again, and then we have an opportunity to share the treasure of Christmas. In Luke 2, 15-20, I'm sure you, you read through the, the first few chapters of Luke and Matthew uh, around Christmas time, getting into the Christmas season, thinking about Jesus and Christmas, and you know very well the story of Mary and Joseph and the angels, and Simeon and Anna and the shepherds, and Elizabeth, and I'm sure you have a good grasp of that story, so let's just jump into it and really think about how Jesus is the treasure of Christmas. Number one, Jesus is a treasure worth experiencing. Jesus is a treasure worth experiencing. How many of you hear from your friends? There's some like great light show or there's this great thing, you just got to see it. You just got to experience it. You just got to go there. How many of you have been to the new U.S. Bank Stadium already? You've been, you've been to the new stadium seen a game or anything like that because you just heard it was so awesome, the big glass sports arena or where the Twins play, Target Field, been there. So people get excited about certain things and they, they like say, I just want to go there, I just want to experience that. And so the shepherds had an opportunity, the shepherds had an opportunity to act upon what they heard from the angels. And we all know that the shepherds were not very highly thought of. They weren't thought of as smart. They didn't know a whole lot about religion. Uh, there were other people, Pharisees and Sadducees and all sorts of other people that would be much more likely to be able to uh, give great discourses and many teachings and talk about the history of the law and prophecy. But the angels didn't show up to them. The angels showed up to the shepherds. Luke 2.15, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. So the 
the angels came and they told the shepherds, um, they gave the uh, shepherds the opportunity to actually go see Jesus lying in a manger. And so what did they do? Did they go, I don't really know. I mean, I had other plans. You know, these sheep are really important. We're not supposed to leave our post. Uh, you know, well, if it would have come at a different time, it would have been more convenient, but my favorite show is coming on and my TiVo is broken. And no, the shepherds probably didn't have a whole lot of thing, other things to do. Um, I heard a long, long time ago that if God was going to use you, that you needed to be fatter. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. What, did we eat donuts and go to buffets? They're like, no, you need to be faithful available, teachable, and responsive. F-A-T-R. And if you are those things, God can use you. So are you faithful? Are you available? Are you teachable? And are you responsive? I'm pretty sure the shepherds were, and that's why God chose the shepherds. God chose the shepherds because they were faithful, they were available, they were teachable, and they were responsive. And we need to be that too. Another thing about the shepherds is that they didn't think too highly of themselves to want to, to follow through. Uh, to be um, experiencing these things would be a great delight. And I just have heard about the shepherd culture that those guys spend a lot of time standing around talking about stuff. So if you give a shepherd a story, he's going to carry that story for the rest of his life and wherever He's got his sheep, and when the people are coming along, or if they go to town, they might be stinky. They might be shepherds, uh, sheep herders. But they'll probably be faithful to carry on the story, to tell the story. Jesus is the treasure worth experiencing, and we need to do what we can to go and find out about Jesus and find out about what is going on uh, in life today and how Jesus can impact that, how Jesus can can help us grow, how Jesus can help us to uh, learn how to live, and then we need to share that with others. But we experience Jesus uh, through a personal relationship with Him, through realizing that we're sinners and that we need to be saved, realizing that we need Christ to come into our lives, and then acknowledging that. Acknowledging in prayer is a good way that we are sinners and that we need to be forgiven. Ask Jesus to forgive us and come into our life, save us, start a new relationship with Him, and then start to experience Him through reading the Bible. If you are truly saved, the Holy Spirit will help you understand the Bible. You spend time in God's Word. And as you spend time in God's Word, sometimes Bible commentaries are helpful. The Life Application Bible has been recently updated. I highly recommend that if you're looking for a study Bible. So the Life Application Bible is a good one. It has all sorts of notes that go with the text. Um, D. James Kennedy wrote a book called What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? which is really good around Christmas time. Um, then there's The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel, which is another great thing to read at Christmas time. Or you can listen to the audiobooks through christianaudio.com or sometimes Audible. But to experience Jesus, to pray, to think, it can change your life. And so many people need their lives changed. Jesus is a treasure worth experiencing. Number two, Jesus is a treasure worth sharing. So, verse 17, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So, the shepherds saw Jesus just as the angels had said. And then, like I mentioned, 
they were telling everybody. They told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. So we too, if we have experienced Jesus, then he is a treasure worth sharing. There are so many ways to share Jesus at Christmas time. Now, you don't have to do all of them. Uh, maybe you need to do less at Christmas time so you can experience more of Jesus instead of being so busy that you're trying to fulfill the list. Uh, we used to try to send out Christmas cards to everybody. I don't think we've sent out a Christmas card for a while. So um, sometimes you think about trying to buy gifts for everybody, and that can become overwhelming sometimes too. But there can be a balance there. So you can share Jesus through wearing a shirt like this one that says Christmas, and people are like, what? Oh, Christ? What? Yeah, it's Christmas. So you can share Jesus by uh, sending out a Christmas card that has scripture or a gospel booklet or sharing a Christmas video, or you can share Jesus by uh, telling people around you what Christmas means to you and how it's more than just a season of giving and lights and uh, gifts and eating. And uh, maybe you could even have a conversation with your coworker or your, the person in your, your classmate or whatever about how Christmas can seem so hollow and why we need to share Jesus at this time. In this Christmas code booklet, there is, uh, during this week, each week there's a, so each day there's a code word. So like today, if you were to read it, the code word is roots. And then there's a little like three paragraph devotional. So, but on December 2nd, it talks about grief in the family tree of Jesus. And then it talks about code word grief. We really need to think about this and remember this because there's a lot of people that are not excited about Christmas. They're not uh, feeling the joy of Christmas. So in the book it says, the month of December holds more grief than any other. In the midst of all the tinsel and trappings, loneliness haunts so many. More suicides are attempted in this month than any other. Jesus understands your grief. Behind the lives of all these men and women in his family tree, we see grief, but they made it, and so can you. Christmas time is tough when you realize that you're coming to Christmas time and a family member that you loved isn't there anymore, isn't, isn't coming to Christmas because they're not with you anymore, and that can be sad. Christmas time is tough when there's broken relationships or uh, the, what you hoped for finances weren't there or sickness has hit somebody in the family or a friend and you know that they don't have many days left to live. But sharing the treasure of Jesus with all of these people is so worthwhile to be out there sharing Jesus can change someone's life. When you are sharing about Jesus, somebody might connect the two points of all this churchy, Christmassy stuff that they've heard about and what Christmas is really about and see that you believe it, that you're trying to live it, and that it makes a difference to you. And many times they will be interested in that too. One of my favorite Bible passages is in Psalm 71. Psalm 71, 17 says, Oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. And that's what we can do at Christmas time, is share about the things that Christ does in our lives, the things that Christ is doing, the things that Christ will do in the future, what we know of the Bible and prophecy and what is going to happen in the future and how all of those people who are in Christ, who are saved, will spend eternity with Him in heaven. And those people who are not, will spend eternity separated in hell, the Bible says. Verse 18, Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. And so, maybe you're not old and gray or bald or whatever, 
But as time goes on, remember that you need to proclaim Christ to the young people coming up behind you, to the grandkids, to, to those people, to, to the new generation. We need to proclaim Christ. And Christmas time is a perfect time to do that. 71.19, your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you? I read a quote, don't know who wrote it, but it says, selfishness makes Christmas a burden. Love makes it a delight. So when you think about Christmas, you won't be as frustrated when you start thinking about Christmas being about you, start thinking about Christmas and showing the love of Christ and doing what you can with the resources that you have, but the priority isn't what you're given to impress. I mean, I always have this fear, at least I did, that somebody would be disappointed at Christmas time, that they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't get what they expected, and then I came to the realization that it's really impossible to please everyone. There's really no way that you can buy enough to make everybody totally happy. So, but selfishness makes Christmas a burden. Love makes it a delight. Pray through your Christmas time and realize Christmas is about Jesus. Number three, Jesus is a treasure worth pondering. So Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And if you read about Mary and Luke, she was kind of taken off guard. Um, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and, you will, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say uh, she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. So Mary in verse 19, is pondering, is thinking about all of these things as they're happening. Mary is giving birth to a child that's been, she's been told by angels is going to be the Messiah and do all these things. And Mary ponders that. Mary considers it. And we need to take time to consider and ponder what Christmas means, what it meant to Mary and Joseph, what it meant to Simeon and Anna, what it meant to the wise men. Why did they travel so far? Why was Herod so afraid of Jesus all of these things, ponder and think about what the Lord is doing in your life. Think about how He is transforming and changing you. And if you fully yielded yourself to the Lord, if you fully gave yourself to Jesus, what could He do through you? Is there anything that you're holding back? Is there any unconfessed sin in your life that's gotten in the way of you being effective for Jesus? Jesus is a treasure worth pondering, considering, thinking about, thinking about and then making a plan of action. Mary kept all these things in her heart. She treasured them, she pondered them, she considered them. She was kind of a spectator saying, wow, I don't know anybody this has ever happened before, to before, but I trust the Lord. She pondered them. And number four, Jesus is a treasure worth celebrating. So Luke 2.20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So they were glorifying they were glorifying God. Scripture calls us to glorify God, and that can equal faith, worship, and humble service. 
God calls us to glorify Him in all we do. Or perhaps, put it more precisely, one of the greatest ways God glorifies Himself is by calling and enabling us, His people, to glorify Him through our holy conduct. Jonathan Edwards said, from time to time in Scripture, embracing and practicing true religion and repenting of sin and turning to holiness is expressed by glorifying God as though that were the sum and end of the whole matter. And we need to glorify God. The shepherds glorify God. We need to praise the Lord. We need to proclaim Him. We need to be ready to serve Him. We're about to have communion. I'll ask the guys to come forward uh, to serve communion. But in 2 Timothy 2.21, it says, If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. And are you ready for the Master to use you for every good work? And are you confident that when you show up in a situation that you're in over your head, that you can pray and ask God to help you and that there will be some miraculous answer? So just real quick, uh, this week I needed to help my parents move their stuff in, uh, in Hastings. And so I got there and they had this huge moving truck and it was full of stuff and it was just my... My, my parents and me, and I looked at them like, there is no way that we can move all of that stuff by ourselves. I said, I don't have any friends that are available right now that aren't at school or work, so we're, we are by ourselves. And so I prayed about it, and I'm like, Lord, I am in over my head. And so I, I said, we need to get help. And so I got on my phone, and I went to two men in a truck, and I called. Actually, there was another thing that said they looked like Hastings movers. It looked like, to, from the ad or the website, it made it look like there were just like people sitting around twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do but help people move. I called them up. I said, yeah, come on down. They're like, oh, we're not really in Hastings. We're in St. Paul. We can't get you in the schedule now. No, no, it'd have to be sometime next week. I'm like, oh. So I called two men in a truck. truck two men in a, yeah, I called two men in a truck. And they're, I said, I need two men, no truck. You got anybody? He's like, well, it's not like we've got a drunk tank, I like to call it. People just sitting there with nothing to do. But uh, we might be able to help you out. We'll check into it. So they transferred me to this other service, which is like an app, like Uber or Lyft, but it's of movers. And anyway, he's like, I found some, I found some guys. Oh, this guy called me. He said, so we're, good. we're heading out. We should be there in 45 minutes. These two guys show up. And uh, so they're moving stuff. And it turns out that they recently graduated from college and they met each other playing college football together. Uh, the one guy had signed a contract to play arena football. And uh, they're, they're doing great. We're moving stuff. Everything's perfect. And I'm talking with them and everything. And they're like, we've never done this before. We just answered an ad. I'm like, really? Just like right now you answered an ad to come and help me move? That's so cool. And the one guy, he's like, I was asking him about his family or whatever. He's like, my mom's a missionary. I think he said in Uganda. Um, and I said, so did you live there? And he's like, no, I grew up with my sister. But anyway, so I'm like, these two guys are like angels that God sent me to totally empty the truck, get everything moved. Um, yeah, it was a little expensive, but it would have been impossible otherwise. And so if you are prayed up and ready and you realize you're in over your head and you call out to God, please help me. I can't do this on my own. You can expect amazing answers and results if it's according to his will. And so my prayer was answered and we were able to get that truck emptied and uh, I don't know, it was, everything about it was just really a blessing. So um, keep yourselves pure. You'll be a special utensil for honorable use. So we come to communion, and if you are saved, if you're born again, if you believe, have believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome to take communion with us as we remember what Jesus has done. 
So you guys can come up. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So just like we remember Christmas once a year, we remember communion every month. And this is a great time to confess any sin the Holy Spirit brings to mind, to recommit your life to Christ. Um, some music will play. I'll come back up and pray, and then we'll take the, the bread together. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much that you have given us an opportunity to live in this place, in this time, that you give us great opportunities to serve you. You give us all sorts of precious promises about what you will do in our lives if we trust you, if we have faith, what you will do in the future as we follow you. Lord, like Mary, we ponder these things. We don't exactly know how you're going to work them out, but Lord, we ask that you would help us to be uh, faithful and that we would uh, keep learning and growing and sharing and uh, glorifying and praising. So Jesus, we take this and we eat. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we'll pass out the cup. This is a great time to praise and thank the Lord for all that he's doing in your life. And think about, who is it that you can share your faith with? Who is it that you can bring a Christmas code book to? Who is it that you can encourage at this Christmas time? If they're lonely, sad, been through a hard time, suffered loss, um, who, would it, who is it that you can encourage at Christmas time? Music will play. I'll come back up in a minute. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have made it possible for us to be free, to uh, learn of you, to have Bibles, to um, grow in faith, to share our faith. Lord, we thank you that you've given us so many resources. Lord, there are so many things that we can do to fill our time, so many entertainments and distractions, so many things that aren't necessarily going to make us godlier or more effective at uh, living in righteousness or helping people to become disciples. Lord, we pray that at this Christmas season that you would help us to focus on you, to be free of distractions, that we would grow deeper and help others around us to grow closer to you. Jesus, we take this and we drink. And we look forward to your return. Amen. All right, so the worship team will come up and sing a final song. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.